So yeah, awesome to have you on, Andre. No, I wasn't here yesterday, yeah, so I right. <laughs> can't speak of any of the themes oh, of yesterday. No problem. Here they were very good. <laughs> um, no, it's really great to chat to you. I've been following your career as a very early uh, Venomofo member, so um, awesome. uh, I think one of the things that you did really well, Seth Godin's been one of my uh, sort Me of too. idols. Me uh, um, I'm really right back in his podcast, actually, right now. Mm, okay, yeah, yeah, cool. So, I mean, I, th- I think he was like the catalyst for me starting my freelance career and then the way I sort of built my business and the brand, I think, yeah. um, which was really about, you know, tribes and yeah. permission and value. And I think some of the things that you guys did really well at Vinomofo early was just having that conversational tone um, and, and making people feel inclusive, uh, which is really important, I think. Yeah, and I remember that being really important. To me, I think it was interesting. I remember having this conversation with Justin at the time and I was like, I don't want to sell wine. Yeah. <laughs> That's gross, um, which is crazy. But, and so then when I got my head around that we had to um, or go bust, I think I really was like, all right, if, we, if I'm going to sell and I don't want to sell, I don't want to bring in any of the shit language and I want to, yeah. like I really, will only do it if I could just really um, not change the way I would speak about wine. Sure. And um, so it was deliberate, because but more of a reaction to this gross feeling about selling. Yeah. And I think that gross feeling was connected to not selling. I mean, that's a natural thing of sharing something with someone for, for in return for money. I think that's I'm comfortable with that sure. concept. But I think it was about, um, tr- yeah, I, I didn't. I associated with selling something because you had to sell it. Yeah. Rather than like just a commodity. Yeah, with yeah, yeah, no yeah, soul exactly. behind it. Yeah. Was that, I don't know, obviously I've heard this story before and I know you talk about it a lot, but were you consciously thinking like we, we want to start having these conversations just like, you know, I'd be talking to a mate about wine? Because it really, I think at that stage as well, you know, it was sort of demystifying the whole kind of, uh, you know, wanky wine culture that existed. And for me as sort of a 28, 29 year old at the time, getting into wine, my, my wife works in the industry, it, it was such a nicer way to interact with it, I think. Well, that was what I wanted as well. And that was exactly why I... Because I had felt what it feels like not to feel like included mm. or invited into this world of wine. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's not really fair. I'm buying it and drinking it <laughs> and spending a disproportionate amount of my meager disposable income on wine yeah. at the expense of buying jeans. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, why, why, why am I not included? And I think I just was like, yeah, there's a gap. And I think it was the time was right. Because if you think about wine now, it's cool, yeah, yeah, right? 100%. And there's a wave, of, and the makers are cool, mm. and the brands are cool, largely, and the world is cool, and the wine bars, and it's, so I think we were all at the end of an era yeah. and on the cusp of a new one. I think that made it uh, easier then to resonate. I think what happens when you're at the end of an era, you just get this build-up of people like you mm. and me, where we're, all, we're not happy with the way it is. Yeah, sure. And that is the catalyst of change. It's like it bubbles and bubbles until it spills over. I think we were just like a little bit of a, a damn way, you know yeah, what I mean? Sure. And we were like, no, nah, we're going to take down one barrier, which is the language and the attitude. Yep. And I think it just sort of flooded over. Because there were people just going, yeah, yeah, I, I don't relate to that world of wine. Yeah. But I'm getting what you're saying and the way you guys, the world you guys are creating. Mm. You know, I always believe a brand, you, for it to work and connect with people, you're kind of creating a world that wanna, people want to be a part of. Yep. That's what you have to do, right? And that is, that is the, the, the key. And I think that's what we managed to do at a time. But not because we were so astute, such astute brand market. It's because <laughs> we just made every decision going, well, what, what do we want? What are we missing? What are, you know, what are we feeling not included in or is not there? 
So if we, if we jump across then, I suppose, to, to, to building that, that business and culture. So I often talk about culture in, the, in that similar lens. I think that it starts from people just doing things the way that they think it should be done, right? As opposed to sort of having to reverse engineer and say, we need to apply these principles to build a culture in an organization. Um, it, it just does start from, from founders and leaders that are saying, well, this is how I'd like to be treated, this, so I'll do the same thing to, to my team. Very much. And it's the same thing, I think, with um, this concept of people like giving and the difference between going, we, all right, so we need, to, we need to work out a corporate social responsibility strategy yeah. versus, fuck, I really <laughs> don't want homelessness to be in Adelaide. Yeah. Let's do something for that. They're totally different and such. One, nobody gives a shit about. Still does some good, but with no momentum. Mm. The other is infectious. Yep. And I sort of think that a good business that's doing something for, in, for the right reason is like a movement, right? Because, sure. and, and I'm working with clients now. It's interesting, right? You reconceive a brand. You connect back with purpose. And it starts with like, me, right? I do a workshop and we, we discover a bunch of stuff and the first step is I fall in love with mm. this new brand and what it stands for and this new vision. And, I, and it's an excitement, right? And then I go to the founders and then the three of us fall in love with it. And then they go to their C-suite execs yeah. and the board and they fall in love with it. And it's like you create this wave and then the staff and the team falls in love with it. Infectious. And then ideally, if you don't fuck it up and drop the ball and lose a connection to what that was, customers feel it, your suppliers feel it, your partner, you know, and it's this wave of falling in love with something. And I think that's how, that's a movement, right? Yeah. And a movement is either a cause or it's, it's, it's an excitement about something. Mm. And I think that's a good, not just a good brand, that's what a, a good brand as a good business. And that's what creates growth and a tribe right people care but i really think that that sense of if you take it to marketing if you think of the brand is creating this world that people want to be a part of yeah the organization right and that's the opportunity so the brand is a beacon for that and what it stands for is a beacon for that but the, the marketing strategy becomes this wave of falling in love sure and finding the people that are going to care i think i'm really fascinated by that because it's different. I think if everybody goes about it that way, yeah. they'll do the right thing. Because you can't drop the ball on it. As soon as you're inconsistent with something and the promise you make and what you're going to stand for, and you don't do something in the right way for the right reason, people go, oh, I want to believe. Oh. And I think uh, like consumers, sort of our generation and below, uh, you know, we're so critical. And we, and, and we, you know, we, we don't buy into the bullshit. You know? And we can afford to be, right? Because yeah. there's so many choices. Yeah, that's right. And we're empowered. We're raised to be empowered. Right? Mm. Like this, I deserve this. You know, we're not, we're not, we're sort of in the end of the industrial age. You know, we're not about supply and production. We're not about, we'll just build a whole lot of shit. And because there's no choices, people will just buy it. Yeah, that's right. It's different, right? And it's cool. Yeah, and, and choice is great. And so tell me a bit about Cult Tribal and sort of the, the pivot for you, I suppose. Because um, obviously, you know, you've been through so many different sort of career paths and, and you know, seen so much in your journey, built and scaled, you know, a successful business. And then... Yeah, do you know what? So here's what um, probably the key to the what I feel connected with now. I think as I really loved the entire journey with being a mofo. Not every bit of it, but of loved it. But I think what I started to be frustrated with, and I guess that kind of, to be honest, made me not such a great leader for part of the company. Great leader for some of it, yeah, and a, and a frustrated leader 
which made me a disempowering leader for other parts of it, right, is that I started getting more and more connected with and passionate about this idea that you've got to connect with an authentic purpose and figure out what you stand for. And that I, I, re, I think I got more connected with the idea of that is why, that is what was important with Vinamofa, is what we stood for. And a lot of the rest of the business, I think, got more connected with the other stuff, which was the proposition, yep. you know, and the, the curation of the range and the value that we delivered and the uh, optimization and, and, and of the user experience. And, and they're not wrong things, no. but they're a different priority. And I, I think as well, so I, I think I felt, and, and I, I was, to the end, I, I, I was like, we're in the business of growing a tribe. Mm. And you know, we're not growing them, we're uniting them. They're already out there, right? Yeah. Like you felt. Yeah. You knew how you felt about wine. Mm. And we were just a, the first voice or light that you went, oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. That's fucking how I feel. But, and right? it's, and it's, I think we're still in the business of that. And I think every business is. So I think I was, so those, that, that was what was the passion for me and less of the other stuff. And so I think now starting Cult Tribal and being able to be pure and uncompromising I think by nature, as a company grows, you have to spend more effort um, on keeping people believing in those things sure. and buying into that and constantly buying into that and motivating and empowering people to, to have that catalyst. And especially, I think, if you haven't been so clear and had your own understanding that that is what's important, then you probably haven't necessarily hired with that as the priority, right? Okay, yep. So it becomes harder and harder to then, if you have this awakening and epiphany later, it's hard to then go, <laughs> Revert, go back. Go back. And, and, yeah. and so I think I really was like, oh, I want to, and I always planned after Vino Mofo to do something that was connected to being able to understand what is it that I can do perhaps well, you know, and perhaps better than some others that might be important. And I think that is um, to, to drive change for the right thing and so i think when i started cult tribal i was like all right so yes it's a brand agency well, i thought it was and so yes that <laughs> philosophy of brand connected purpose they stand for something to grow a tribe mm-hmm. you know that's how i started it and that's how i first communicated but then when i started doing the work i realized in that very act of going forget about what you do forget about this is our product proposition this is our service proposition forget about that let's go into why yeah you go why 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 and who's it for and what are they going to feel connected with and it becomes human stuff in doing that you dissolve the parameters which are actually boundaries of what you do and invariably you end up with this rethink of this new vision Mm. because you've let go of the product that you currently have and look you arrive back there great but invariably what's happened so far in my brief two-month history with the company (laughs) is significantly what we do is opened up and so this new vision has given birth so then Cult Tribal becomes this vision to strategy, to plan, to helping it come to life agency. And the brand has just been a catalyst. Sure. It's been a connection to dissolve the boundaries of what we do and rethink. So, and that's been quite profound, actually, wow. with, with, the, with the partners that I'm working with. And also, I've sat there and gone, cool. So, um, and this happens very quickly, right? Every fucking day and every week, it's like a new, new things happen because I, I learn as, as I'm doing it, right? I learn what is possible. I'm sort of going, right, I don't want to be a consultant. So I want to be deep alongside and within, Get right? into the journey, and sure. so that is one thing. And then I'm going, so this company with Cult Tribal and particularly, you know, early next year, it's going to be a small team. This person, engage, this company and organization engaging Cult Tribal 
for a new vision to bring their brand for life and grow their tribe, that's cool. But this organization with Cult Tribal and a million bucks, for instance, we could really do something. So I'm like, all right, I need to start a fund. I need a fund. We need to be kind of have a, not a VC arm, but also what I think is a restriction of VCs there. And I know this because we've got great ones. Yeah. <laughs> they are entirely reliant on the founders and the team to grow. And that's kind of how it should be. Sure. But what if a VC had a crack team to go in and help? Mm. It was all aligned. And then you work it. So I'm like, yeah, that's what we could be. Not just a consultancy, but an investment arm to be able to make the, the things happen. Yeah, cool. But then I was also like, what I really just want is to, this is all just an excuse to have this great team of very aligned, very able people and to be able to put ourselves on projects that are needed. Whether that, like, so I'm sitting here and it's naive and it's arrogant. I was literally having a conversation with somebody I think I'm going to co-found with um, uh, who's amazing and has been in not-for-profit as a CEO for 17 years. Okay. And we're aligned. He's been a bit of a business mentor for me, so he's smart. But we're aligned in purpose and values. And, but I was like, I think... I think I have the, the solution to end homelessness, at least in Adelaide. And I know that sounds really dumb and arrogant and naive. Well, he's going, well, tell me. And I told him. And of course, the easy bit has come up with it. But he's like, yes, I think that w- would work. And this is the reasons and blah, blah, blah. And he's been in this, right? Yeah. I was like, well, fuck, why don't we do it? You know, and not alone, yeah. but be like a, a, a glue for all the people that have devoted their lives for the last 40 years to the problem but maybe not as part of a concerted strategy to end it. And yes, they've got their strategy to, to fix a part of it. Mm. And other people have a strategy to end it, but it's, and that's everybody is united in that. But or in, 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 in the vision of that. But sort of tying it all together. But perhaps the strategies aren't tied together. Mm. Now, this may be intensely naive and arrogant. And the very first exploration of this might just be, oh yeah, everybody <laughs> knows this and tries this. But I don't think so. And sometimes... There's value in coming in. So I didn't know retail, didn't like retail. Managed to create a pretty decent retail business, right? Because I didn't follow the rules because we made it up as we went. Sure. Because therefore we didn't accept any status quo. And yep. I think that can be powerful, oh, right? preconceptions, yeah, so, definitely. Um, so I feel like I'd love this agency to be able to go, all right, let's just either engage ourselves or be engaged to change something big. That'd be really fucking cool. Is that what gets you out of bed in the morning? That it sounds like you... Do you know what it is? And it's not always going to be like... I am creatively and intellectually stimulated by the work I'm doing with companies mm. on their brands and growing the tribes and changing the vision. It's cool shit. I love it. Yeah. But, um, but from a purpose and values perspective, and there's a, I can get fulfillment by going, and you have to do it by doing the right thing. Right? And that fulfills that. And changing the culture of business or being part of this movement of the change of the culture of business yeah. is exciting to me and it's worthy and it's important. But if we've got the team and the reputation and we're able to affect change, then let's tackle some fucking big stuff too. That'd be exciting. Are you going to be going into, into, into businesses and, and brands that, that maybe haven't thought about purpose and, and trying to find that's, well, out? That's, that's kind of exactly what my clients are now. Okay. And that is, that is the connection. And also people were going, oh, who are you? Like you do your exercise for yourself. Who are your dream clients? They're not these already purpose-driven, amazing companies do the right thing. I want to go to a fucking bank yeah, and sure. change it. I mean, you you know, or, 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 or like Telstra. You know, you've got an amazing service. Mm. Imagine what you could be if you actually tapped into better what you're going to stand for and, some, and really accepted the commercial compromises that you're going to have to take, but for the long term. 
and I think those kind of institutions are really exciting. Have you come across Jim Antonopoulos before in mm. Melbourne? Um, runs a design agency called uh, Think, uh, sorry, Tank. They, they um, come in and do a lot of sort of design thinking, um, brand yeah, workshop so exercises. And researching a lot of service design, design thinking, it's yep. the space to solve problems. He's done some work with uh, Beyond Bank, I think it is, in, in Melbourne. Um, and, you know, they're doing a really great they job of that. doing it better than most. Yep, Absolutely. That's right. Yeah. Um, and, and it's simple things you can do to, you know, to, I suppose, you know, just change that, that communication and then change your messaging. And ultimately, who do you exist for? Here's what I find interesting as mm. well. Is the very nature of our... British corporate structure yeah. going to have to change is the nature of the listed company yeah. and, and the, the fucking exchange is that going to have to change so that we can free up and get back to being pure with who we're in service of yeah, that's as right. a business because yeah, the, the bank should be in service for the customers yeah. not for the shareholders not the shareholders yeah. and the board shouldn't be operating out of fear and compliance mm. It should be operating out of wanting to change things. And I think as consumers, we're just going to become more and more picky of who, you know, I, I, want, I want to align myself with companies that have similar values to me. So what does it take for a company to step out, apart from staying private, yeah. what does it take for... Because these are problems, right? These are problems that force and drive the bad behaviour. Yes. This in-service of shareholders and their money. Mm. You know, it creates bad decisions for the long term and for customers and the planet right because they feel in the short term unprofitable yep. and everybody's beholden to a three-year tenure sure. and they'll get voted out it's not their fault it's like fucking government right the mm. system's broken yeah you know Malcolm Turnbull couldn't really do much now like him or not and yeah, if he had right. the balls to do something he's out that's right like, yeah so you so don't give him much broken, scope right? so for it yeah so that fascinates me mm. to tackle the system so you're still based out of SA yeah half the time oh. Adelaide and Melbourne yeah cool yeah um so one of the things we're talking about here at Southside, obviously, is just sort of championing um, SA and you know, some of the great successes that have come out of it. And, and I know you've talked about this before. There's often this feeling like people are sort of sitting up in islands in SA and, you know, in, in little silos. And, you know, we don't get out enough and actually have conversations and, and get people excited about, you know, it, it's a global market that we can play in. And having had some chats with people the last few days that are, you know, playing big leagues in the global market. Yeah, I'm working with some phenomenal Adelaide companies that with this brand transformation will become like really known and because and, and, it'd be an infectious story and, and that's exciting to me. It is really exciting. Yeah. Um, beautiful. Oh, thanks so much for having a chat with me. Yeah, yeah cool. Was, Good was, chat. Yeah, awesome. Enjoy. All right. Enjoy the day. Cheers, mate. See ya.